You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. And don't forget, you can tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Pelicans for the newest episode. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with you all on this Monday, kicking off, yes, a week's worth of podcasts. We're past that kind of holiday break. We're getting back into the swing of things, and it's game day here on New Year's Eve in the Crescent City as the Pelicans are set to take on the Minnesota Timberwolves. We're going to preview a little bit of that game late in this podcast. We'll just kind of merely touch on it. There is an update, though, on the injury front with that that you're going to want to stay tuned until the end to hear. Before that, we got to recap a couple of games here as the Pelicans won a game in the clutch against the Dallas Mavericks, then lost a game in the clutch to the Houston Rockets on a back-to-back set over the weekend. We'll recap all of those games, including some big performances from Anthony Davis. Talk a little bit more about his contract. The the stuff about him being traded and leaving is starting to die down a little bit now that we're past that Lakers game. But I want to look at some of the numbers to kind of talk a little bit more about the Supermax and clarify one or two maybe misconceptions with that. So we've got a bunch to cover in this Monday edition of Locked on Pelicans. So before we recap the two games the Pelicans played over the weekend, if you're a new listener tuning in for the first time, thank you very much for being here. And if you've listened to the podcast at any period in time, I appreciate it as well. Please tell your friends if they're looking for a podcast about the Pelicans or just want to know more about this team and Anthony Davis to tell them to listen to the Locked on Pelicans podcast Monday through Friday, giving you guys everything you need to know about this team in short bits. It's quick. It doesn't take long to listen to. That's always a bonus. If you get a second, please leave a five-star rating on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast from. That stuff is important. It helps keep this free and five days a week for you all. No one else giving you Pelicans coverage like this on a daily basis. So Friday night, the Pelicans took on the Dallas Mavericks, kind of a rematch of the game just two nights earlier in Dallas. But here we were in New Orleans. The Pelicans did prevail 114-112, getting a much-needed win to pull them back to 16-20 and at the time and get a very much-needed win late in the fourth quarter. Clutch, crunch time, whatever you want to call it. I said I don't like those connotations and kind of what they imply. Pelicans won late. And they did it with kind of their style of ball. And this is after being down big, actually, in this one. Uh, Dallas actually had a 15-point lead. And at halftime, Alvin Gentry said he gave the team a, it wasn't a G-rated speech is the way he put it. He really tore into them, didn't think they were playing their style of ball like the team they want to be. But they came out in the second half and really kind of imposed their will and their style of ball on the Dallas Mavericks. They won the third period 31-22 and basically were able to close the game down the stretch with that effort. Anthony Davis was fantastic in this one. I thought he was very good against Dallas on the road, even though they didn't win late in the fourth quarter. Any of those two threes that are really not him. But I think that's nitpicking. This game, there's really nothing to nitpick about at all. 48 points on the night, 17 rebounds, four assists, and just one turnover. He was 20 of 32 on the night. That's 62.5% 
0 of 2 from 3, 8 of 11 from the line. Basically, he did everything he wanted, and he closed the game, and he was absolutely outstanding in this one. A game after the Pelicans broadcast was highly critical of him. I think he kind of wanted to quiet that down some. He was awesome in this one. Drew Holiday was excellent as well. 18 points, 8 assists, 7 rebounds, 0 for 4 from deep. But this was a problem the Pelicans struggled with overall. They hit just 4 three-pointers in this game. They were 4 of 23 on the night, 17.4%. Normally that doomed them. And in the game against Houston, the next night, that we'll recap in a second, it really did hurt them, their poor three-point shooting. But not in this one. And this is why I've said I think this team is okay without having a lot of three-point shooting because they have other ways they can kind of control the game and do what they want to do. They put up 70 points in the paint on this one. 30-second chance points off offensive rebounds. They grabbed in this game 20 offensive boards, led to 30 extra points for them, 13 in the fast break. When you get those kind of numbers, it can kind of mitigate the lack of three-point shooting. Now, there's times when they become easy to defend, and you can keep them out of the paint and keep Anthony Davis out of there, and the offense tends to fall apart. But when they're playing with their aggression and their style of ball and that talk from Alvin Gentry very clearly worked, They can win without good three-point shooting. You're not going to win very many games only making four threes or only going four of 23. Julius Randle in this one was pretty good on the night. 22 points, 12 rebounds, 9 of 19. I think everyone's still kind of ready for him to move back to the bench and not be in the starting lineup with Anthony Davis. Tim Frazier, 7 points, 4 rebounds, 3 assists on the night. Eh, Pelicans didn't really get much production from anyone else. Solomon Hill chipped in with 7 points. Each one more is in his own head and has like zero confidence right now. 24 and a half minutes, just took 3 shots. But he had a big steal of Luka Doncic late in the game and really dove for the ball to keep it for the Pelicans that basically iced the win for them. Doncic, after a one game after that pretty big performance where he flirted with a triple-double against the Pels, 34 points on the night, but he didn't get the assist numbers. He didn't get the rebounding numbers, but he was 7 of 10 from deep. Oh boy, he is going to be something special. Harrison Barnes. 21 points on the night for him, and I mean, that was really it. Basically, this was closer than you would have liked to have seen it be or feel it be, but the Pelicans played their style of ball. That message from Alvin Gentry got through to this team. If they do that, they're going to win a lot of games, despite the poor three-point shooting. Again, Anthony Davis, masterful on the night in this one. 48 points, 17 boards, One turnover is pretty nuts for the high usage rate that he had in this one. One turnover on 32 shot attempts, 11 free throw attempts. That's an excellent night. There's nothing to complain about him in this one. So the regular season is now over for your New Orleans Saints. They are officially, and have been officially for a little while now, the number one seed in the NFC. The road to the Super Bowl goes through New Orleans on that side of the bracket. Make sure you keep up with everything that's going on over these next two weeks as they gear up for their divisional playoff game with the Locked on Saints podcast Monday through Friday, five days a week, of course, as well with our host Ross Jackson, breaking down everything you want to know about the Saints team. It looks like it's a special season. It's going to be a lot of fun make sure you're up to date with everything know what's going on who's healthy who's injured what new wrinkles might be in the game plan you can get that all by listening to the locked on saints podcast so night after their win over the dallas mavericks the pelicans took on the houston rocket rocket second night of a back-to-back for the team 
after they win one in the clutch, they kind of lose one in the clutch. The Rockets are a much tougher opponent than the Dallas Mavericks are. They've been surging since their very rough start. They're now 20-15 and 15 after this one, a 108-104 win. Anthony Davis, quiet-ish night in this one. One night after being really aggressive and looking like the guy you wanted, getting down low in the paint, scoring inside, and the Pelicans putting up 70 points in the paint. Well, they still put up a good number of points in the paint, 56, but it wasn't necessarily led by Anthony Davis. In almost 39 minutes of play, he took just 13 shot attempts, two of three from deep. He was eight of 10 from the field, 11 rebounds, finished with just 22 points on the night. He's basically just non-existent in the first half. I don't understand the the big game one night and then just not there the next night though after halftime he started to assert himself started getting going and maybe halfway through the third period but if you have more aggression from him or a bigger game from him you might win this one if you can get to the line a little bit more that was a big difference in this one um he has a chance to go out and win this game for the team and he just didn't show up in the beginning and i do not understand it Look, when we talk about Anthony Davis and the criticism of him, it's valid. If you look at the top 10 things wrong with this team, he's not in the top five. He's probably seven, eight, nine, ten, 10, somewhere there. But everything starts with him with this team. And it doesn't mean that we can't talk about it, even if there's other things that are maybe bigger and bigger issues here. But it's Anthony Davis. This is the story. This is the, the heart and soul of the team, the leader. And he wasn't the leader for the first half in this game, and it was pretty disappointing to see. So decent stat line, but not nearly as impactful as you would have liked to have felt or seen from him. Drew Holiday, on the other hand, 20 points, 9 assists, 6 boards. He was great. He's looking like maybe he should be in the All-Star game. The Pelicans shifted their starting lineup in this one. Each one more back into the starting lineup. Something maybe to get him going as he's been through just a month-long scoring drought. Woke him up a little bit, though. 9 of 19 from the field, 3 of 6 from deep. 21 points on the night, 7 rebounds too. He's chipping in there. Julius Randle still starting, 23 points on the night, 11 rebounds for him. Solomon Hill into the starting lineup as well, 2 points. Shocking there, of course, we know that. Tim Frazier coming off the bench, scored 7, 5 assists, 6 rebounds. They kind of... This is where, as we just talked in the last segment, there's ways to beat this Pelicans team, and that's forced those other guys to beat you. And if you're scoring in the paint and doing things your way, you can actually overcome that. Well, the Rockets really tried to make Tim Frazier the focal point of the offense. In pick and rolls, they were doubling Julius Randle and basically leaving Tim Frazier wide open, doubling Anthony Davis, leaving Tim Frazier wide open. He tried to make him, you know, uh, beat him, but unfortunately it's just... There's not enough depth here. You're not going to win games when Tim Frazier's taking seven shots, when Ian Clark's taking six shots. Those are not what you want from these guys because they're just not playing well. Ian Clark, by the way, two of six for seven points as well. So those two guys combined for 14 points. Eh, that's not really giving you very much production that you want. In this one, also, you have... Uh, as I blank on his name, James Harden, there we go, who's doing his just masterful, usual self. This is a guy who went 10 of 25 from the field, 40%, but he put up 41 points. 10 of 25 is not a good night, but when you're 7 of 17, by the way, 17 three-point attempts for him, you can score that. He was also a perfect 14 of 14 from the line, including some, it, look, we know what he does. He had that recent travel where he then drew the three-point shot foul and went to the line, even though it was an illegal move to get open like that. He does this, and refs call it, and he used a couple of those just crafty veteran moves that he has to draw contact. That's in air quotes there. Went to the line, though, particularly one late in the game a couple of times, actually, that 
that sent him to the line that maybe iced this one for the Houston Rockets. Kind of frustrating, but this is what he does. Eric Gordon, 27 minutes. He scored 21 points. Left the game, though, with a knee injury. MRI, he's officially day-to-day. It's like a throwback night to New Orleans. How many times did we see that with him here, that he's getting an MRI, that something's wrong with him? Um, And so I don't think, you know, Pelicans fans really feel very much, I don't know, remorse, not remorse, but uh, sympathy towards him in this one. And that was really it. This was just the James Harden show. The Pelicans were probably good enough to win this one if you really get that production from Anthony Davis. 56 points in the paint, 22 in the fast break. Both these teams want to play somewhat fast, at least. They could have won this one. Maybe if you get a little bit more from Anthony Davis, they do. Unfortunately, it was not meant to be. They dropped late in the clutch. 108-104, late game situations, not exactly what they wanted to see happen to them. So coming up, I'll give you guys an update on Alfred Payton. Yeah, we have an injury update to him in this game tonight. That's probably a good sign of things. Hopefully, we'll see. I'll tell you all that in a second. Before we do that, LSU's getting ready for their bowl game, New Year's Six game, playing UCF, the defending national champions. Maybe, maybe not. But our man, Matt Moscona of ESPN Radio uh, 104.5 in Baton Rouge and 100.3 here in New Orleans, hosts the Locked On LSU podcast, breaking down everything you need to know ahead of this big game for the Fighting Tigers there. So he's going to have it all for you. So make sure you also listen and subscribe to the Locked On LSU podcast. So before we get into the Alfred Payton update, I do want to talk a little bit more about Anthony Davis and the future contracts, the Supermax, and all of that stuff that goes along with it. Because it's now being reported that in addition to the Supermax not really being a factor and the money not being a factor, he's potentially going to take shorter-term deals wherever he signs his next contract, whether it's here in New Orleans or with another team. And this is actually pretty smart. And when you look at it, this this makes a lot of sense. And you've seen guys like Kevin Durant and LeBron James do this too. And that's because by signing shorter term deals, he can actually get a bunch more money and come close to the supermax if he doesn't sign it with New Orleans. So it's not like he's losing out on that 80 million or whatever to 83 million that people have been saying. When you look at the numbers and how they can kind of bear out, because once you're a 10 year veteran, which is he'll be going into the 2022 23 season, you're able to sign then a five year deal that's 35% of the salary cap. And that's what the Supermax deal is it's 35% of that. So basically, if he signs a Supermax deal here with New Orleans, he can get basically $266.5 million or so. And by certain other routes, he can get pretty close to that. He can more or less get to $248 million. It's a difference of about $18 million or so. We're just kind of rounding to make the numbers easy here. That's done over five years. It's a difference of $3.6 million per year. Significant money, yeah, maybe not to the dude making $248 million total dollars, but that's not far off from what he's earning in New Orleans, and if you're in a bigger market, maybe it kind of makes up for that, or if you're winning titles, maybe it kind of makes up for that, and everyone has different motivations about what they kind of are looking for. So that's kind of an interesting thing that it's, again, not the $83 million that people make it out to be. I also say you need to look at it basically in a year-per-year thing. One of the big differences with the Pelicans is they can offer that extra guaranteed year, that final year, which is like $54 million if he signs the Supermax. 
that he can still kind of make that up later on. But it's just that when you compare that 54, that it's a five-year contract versus a four-year contract. The five-year is going to have significantly more money because these contracts also increase every single year. So it's a difference of 5% and then 3% on the raises every year. And when you look at it like that, it's not a significant amount of money in the long term. So it's not like that 83 million. And I think that number is a little bit misleading. Just something to keep in mind as this talk is going to keep going on. And this is definitely a story this year. And we'll kind of have a much better idea if he wants to remain or not um, after this season. But with the shorter deals, it makes it interesting because you don't want to trade him in the year that he's an expiring deal. You want to trade him when he's got at least basically two years or so left on the contract. So that's going to be a big thing that maybe they do try and move him before next season. But we don't need to worry about that right now. I went on Locked on NBA on Monday today to talk about it a little bit. And one of the questions they asked me about it straight up was, are they going to trade him this year? And my answer to that was, not happening, not a chance. You don't need to worry about that whatsoever. So Anthony Davis is here for this year, and then I guess we kind of figure it out and go from there. But he's trying to win games now, and he's going to try and win a game tonight against the Minnesota Timberwolves. And he's going to maybe, maybe have some help back in this one. Alfred Payton has been upgraded to probable for this game against the Minnesota Timberwolves. I don't know if he'll be starting or he'll come off the bench or if he's going to be on a minutes restriction or anything like that. But certainly the Pelicans getting a little bit more help. Fewer minutes for Tim Frazier. Sounds like a great thing to all of us here. So he is listed as probable. Nikola Mirotic in this one still listed as out. So not a full team yet. We know Anthony Davis has big games against Carl Anthony Towns, former Kentucky guy. They have a kind of Interesting rivalry spurned by Towns and some things he did kind of rudely one off season. Um, and Anthony Davis likes to stick it to him and show he's the better Kentucky center, the better Kentucky big man. Expect we'll kind of see that tonight. This is a winnable game for the Pelicans. They definitely want to get that. Got to win these ones at home. They felt pretty good kind of heading back, and hopefully they can get it done. So no real preview. It's New Year's Eve. Enjoy the game if you're going there. Enjoy New Year's Eve if you're not there, if you're doing other things as well, and be safe wherever you are. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. Thank you all for listening. Again, enjoy your New Year's Eve. I'll be back with you all. Yeah, we'll do one tomorrow to kind of recap this game, talk about anything else that comes up with this team, and we'll keep rolling all week long. Enjoy your New Year's Eve. And as always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. I'll be back with you all tomorrow.